do you agree that, you know, it's time that we all wake up and take responsibility, even for our ancestors that did not know any better? waiting patiently to have this kind of conversation. <laughs> well, it's Wake Up With KC, and today I'm going to talk about, you know, I'm always about transformation. And there's different styles, different techniques, and different types of experts who are life transformational coaches. And today, I have a very special guest that has her own unique way of helping her clients as a life coach. Please welcome Rebecca George. Rebecca, thank you for joining us today. Good morning. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I just love talking to people that, you know, really have a desire and a passion to help others, especially when it comes to limited beliefs, mental programmings. And it's deeply rooted in our subconscious mind. And I believe that there's a lot of people walking around on this earth that are stuck in that. So I'm curious, can you please share how your journey and your passion started in becoming a life coach? Absolutely. So I have been a mental health therapist for um, over 10 years. I have um, been in this field for a long time and I have seen people just get stuck for just so many years in, in this place of, I want to do better, but I don't know how. And so for me, I wanted to help people push past the place of, I want to do better, but I don't know how. And so I started saying, you know what, I, there is a place for therapy. And I do believe that that is a great, that, that, that is a great tool. But I wanted to go past therapy and go into coaching because I really wanted to help people to say, how do I get from where I am to where I want to be and not always have to go backwards? I didn't want to always have to, to go backwards into people's past, into people's trauma. Sometimes I just wanted to, to identify what are people's limiting beliefs and what's holding you back and, and help them to eradicate that. And I know that that I had so many, and I still do sometimes, have those limiting beliefs that keep me from being able to level up. And so I just wanted to, you know, people, people can do hard things. We can do so many hard things, but we hold ourselves back. So many times it's not other people, it's not the external things, it's ourselves and it's our mindset. And so my passion became how can we get rid of those those negative um, beliefs and get you to the best version of yourself. And so that just became what made me tick and what made me really want to get up in the morning. And that's just my passion. Well, uh, you mentioned something about therapy. Mm -hmm. You know, there's different types of therapy. Yes. But what is the difference between a therapist, you know, counselor, psychiatrist, yeah. um, a psychologist, and a coach? A what is question. the difference? Yeah. So um, a therapist has to go through 
you know, training and um, schooling. And I mean, a coach doesn't necessarily have to even have any, any uh, training. I mean, they should, but they don't have to. So as a therapist, I had to go through a bachelor's and a master's degree and then a licensure. So I do have that. Um, so there has to be some kind of, there's a governing body of, of therapist, right? So there is um, clinical training as a therapist. So you have to have that in order to go back and talk about your trauma, in order to have clinical diagnosis, in order to go into talking about your, your traumatic um, experiences in your life, right? Um, so there is that training um, that has to happen as a therapist. So if you come to see me as a therapist, we're going to go into um, your trauma, you know, that happened to you as a child, probably we're going to talk about, I'm going to give you a clinical diagnosis. So maybe I'll say, um, you know, I may clinically diagnose you with, uh, with anxiety, with a depression, depressive disorder, with bipolar disorder or personality disorder or something like that. It's going to be more based on a treatment plan. Um, those types of things. Maybe I may build um, uh, a, you know, some kind of insurance, you know, something like that. Right. But um, coaching, there's no actual governing body. So anybody can go be a coach technically, which is kind of what is dangerous about it. However, we, we know that education isn't always synonymous with intellect, right? So not everybody who has a high level of education is smart. Um, you know, so there is some really great coaches out there who don't have education. They just have a lot of experience in something. So, you know, there are people who say, hey, I have found this niche that I'm really good at and I know how to coach you in it. Now, there are those quack jobs out there who are just trying to take advantage of people and they become life coaches. And that's why it's really important to learn, um, you know, learn the difference. Right. But there is a governing body for therapists. So if you if you go to see a therapist, there is somebody you know, who they are trained, they have to be, they have to be licensed, and they have to at least have a master's degree. Um, but you are going to be dealing more with like, you know, your past with trauma. Um, it's usually a little bit more intimidating for people, because you have to probably dive into some more things that maybe you don't want to dive into. So a lot of people get a little bit more intimidated with that. Um, coaching is a little bit more of let's talk about how to it's a little bit more solution focused. Let's talk about how to get to you where you want to be um, and your goals, right? So I talk a little bit more about like, this is where you're at. This is where you want to be. And so it is less about your trauma, less about your past. I don't give you a diagnosis. Um, I don't have to know everything about what has happened to you. We don't have to go into the sad parts of your life. We just have to figure out how do we get you to the best version of yourself? Well, then let me ask you this question. There has to be a connection about, because I talk about emotional energetic traumas. Uh-huh. And that it, trauma, based on what you were thinking when you experienced it, what, how you felt, the emotion, and the energy that was created during that trauma. Yes. Be holding us back. So to me, there's a connection Absolutely. Well, why a lot of people are still still stuck. It's not just Absolutely. the limited use of programming. It's sometimes you have to go back to that trauma. And then it's like when you get that aha or that self-realization, you realize it's like connecting the dots to the other similar events that and you're experiencing that same emotion, that same energy. And that's what's drawing and attracting more experiences. Because you don't know that that's why. 
That is true. Yeah. And sometimes you do have to go back to that trauma. Sometimes you do have to, you do have to face that for sure. Yeah. Sometimes it does. And that's why I said there's a, there's a place for, for therapy and, you know, there is a place to, to learn about, you know, the, the energy piece of things. Right. I mean, absolutely. Um, And so, you know, there's, there's just so much to it. You know, it, it could be oh, so yeah. many different things that could be holding you back. Um, sometimes it is a mindset, you know, sometimes it is um, all kinds of different things that that has to that you have to try to figure out where is this coming from? And why mm-hmm. is it that I am running into this blockage or what where's this pattern, right? I always say follow the pain. So let's figure out where this pain is coming from. If I push on my arm right now, it's not broken. So it doesn't hurt. But if my arm is broken and I push on it, it's going to hurt. So let's follow back to the pain and figure out where this is coming from, right? Absolutely. And, you know, to, to me, I think a lot of people, that's one of the, the main issues of why they stay stuck. Mm-hmm. And then not knowing or understanding the difference between the therapist and the coach, but I think they both go hand in hand. Yeah. Together. You should probably harmonize together to help you. (laughs) Yeah. You know, get from this point to this point, you know, and I find it fascinating. Not only that, but then let's get science into it. Right. You know, when you experience a trauma, it creates a biochemistry and changes the biochemistry in your body. Mm -hmm. And if you hold on to it, it's like energy turns into matter. It will somehow show up in an ailment or a condition or something. Right. And I've seen and heard people, once they realize that emotional or that trauma that created that emotion, once they pinpoint where it was, their pain, their condition just left like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it's also important to look into things like, you know, energy psychology, right? Or um, like I I used to do um, EMDR, eye movement desensitization reprocessing therapy, you know? So like those types of things that are kind of out of the box, um, there's all kinds of different types of therapy that are, um, along the lines of energy psychology that are, you know, based on energy that are basically like, you know, how do we, how do we get rid of some of these belief systems that are a little bit deeper than talk therapy, right? So it's like looking at, there's so many different things that our, our bodies and brains can do, right? That, that, that we can, that we can eradicate some of these issues, right? Definitely for sure. And Uh, something just came to my mind and then I just had a brain fart. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> cause I was like, oh yeah, what about that? Um, so when, oh yes, now it just came back to me. See, I love how this works. <laughs> uh, a lot of times, you know, cause I love studying history Yeah, and there's been events and catastrophes that happened, that are still going on today. Mm -hmm. And would it be safe to say that we live in survival mode most of the time? And that also hinders us? Absolutely. Because it's a belief. And it does change that 
biochemistry in your body because it's the adrenaline. It's, you know, all these chemicals that we have in our body. Absolutely. And when you stay in that survival mode, mm-hmm. it it does more harm than good. Yes. And how how would you know if you are in survival mode? What do you do as a coach to identify that with your clients? So I'm I'm constantly, you know, asking clients questions. I'm always asking them, you know, like what what does your body physiologically do throughout the day? Like how does your body react to your emotions, right? So like, you know, do you um does your body tense up often? You know, are you feeling um tense on a regular basis? You know, do you have stomach issues? Um, how do you feel? Do you have headaches? Right. So like physiologically, our body tells us a lot of things that we don't listen to. I'll have clients that tell me like, oh, yeah, I have I have IBS. That's a pretty regular thing. Right. Or I have um, headaches constantly. I have bad dreams. Um, you know, I um, I have like phobias, like those types of things that I've I, but but I've had those since I was little. Right. Or. I've had this since I was in high school or whatever. And they think that it's normal and it's not. And it's because they are in constant fight or flight mode and they don't recognize that that is survival mode. They have done these things. It's, they've adapted to surviving. And so then I'll say like, okay, let's break these things down. And I do emotional understanding and emotional regulation stuff with them. And I teach them how to understand what their body does in as a physiological response to each emotion. <clears throat> and then they understand, oh, okay, well, my body is actually reacting to this emotion or my body is actually reacting to this trauma or my body is actually reacting to this, right? And so then it actually they, they better understand how this is working in their body and so then they can they can better understand that. And then I can coach them in their relationships. So I can coach them to say, oh, if I'm if I can understand that I'm feeling this way, then I can communicate that I'm feeling this way to someone else. Right. Which then gives me better relationships across the board with other people, because if I don't know that I'm that I'm feeling this way and I'm in constant fight or flight, I'm going to attack those around me. Right. Whether I mean to or not. I'm going to be in constant defense mode with those people that I love because I'm scared. Most of us walk around scared all the time and don't even know it. Mm-hmm. And would it be safe to say that a lot of times, you know, when we behave a certain way, it could also stem from how we were brought up, Absolutely. what environment we were in. Mm-hmm. And we just... I heard a saying, we become the product of our environment. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we're not even responding as I'm 35. And a lot of, if I don't heal something that happened, I'm not even responding as 35 year old Becca. I'm responding as eight year old Becca because my mind goes back to what happened at eight years old. When you trigger me, when you, when you start to yell at me, if I was, you know, yelled at as a child all of the time and you, you yell at me, it brings me back to eight-year-old Becca who was yelled at, right? And then I respond to you as eight-year-old Becca because I'm triggered and I am brought back to eight-year-old self, right? So then I respond as eight-year-old self. So even though maybe I should be able to respond as 35-year-old Becca, I'm not responding as eight-year-old Becca because I am brought back to that situation, right? And that would be another word for your inner child. Right. 
that is hurting and needs to be healed. Exactly. Because when we're young, we don't understand. We just listen no. to what our parents say and, mm -hmm. you know, who's raising us because we don't know any better. Better, yeah. We're taught that, okay, they're older, they're wiser, but doesn't necessarily mean that they know better either. Yeah. And we're sponges. We're just, we take it all in. We take it all in as a kid. And yeah. they were probably traumatized and hurt as children, right? So they took it all in too. And then they spill it all out to us. <clears throat> and they don't always stop it and do better. And then we then do it to our children if we don't stop it and do better, right? And it, that's the cycle. That's the pattern. And so mm -hmm. you wake up and realize, wait, this doesn't. This isn't okay. And it's to me that the, I have realized that, you know, we're here on life to learn, to experience mm -hmm. things in order to know the difference. What is good for us and what's not good for yeah. us. Absolutely. And only you know what's good for you. And as a coach, do you help clients realize and go through, you know, figuring it out? It's like solving a puzzle. Yes. You know, putting the pieces of the puzzle together, connecting the dots to where, oh, and do you hear a lot of aha moments? Yes. It's like a, it, it really is like a puzzle is what I usually say is that it's like piecing things together. And then they'll say, oh, I never realized that that is, that that's my belief system. Or I never realized that that's what I even thought because a lot of times we're told what to thought, to think, right? We're told that this is what we believe, or we're told that this is what we should think, whether it's by parents, whether it's by society, whether it's by, you know, whatever religion you were taught by or whether, whatever it is, we're taught that this is what we believe. And then when you're able to think and figure out what you actually value or, oh, this is the missing piece or this is the thing, you know, then it all comes together and you're like, oh, this is actually what I'm what I'm missing. Right. And so, yeah, I figure out, first of all, I'm not a I'm not a um, an expert in anyone's life but my own, you know, but I and honestly, I'm not even an expert in my own life. Um, but I am able to ask the right questions. I'm an expert at asking questions. So I'm able to ask the right questions of the person that I'm working with because we don't ask enough questions of ourselves. And so it's like, I teach my clients to ask questions of themselves so that they don't need me forever. Um, and maybe they want to check back in. I have clients who, you know, therapy clients that I, I, after I'm done doing therapy with them, I do coaching. And so therapy clients from six, seven years ago who will check back in with me now and be like, hey, can I can I do coaching with you? Because they want to just check in periodically, but they I don't want them to need me forever. I want them to be able to ask themselves questions, you know, to to be able to to continue this process in the future. Right. So I'm able to ask them the right questions. Um, experts say you have to ask yourself a question about seven times to get to the actual root of what you're really needing. Right. So it's like. I'm going to ask the question and then ask another question, another question about seven times until you actually get to where you really need to be in that question. Um, so it's really just asking ourselves the right question until we finally are able to pinpoint, this is what I really need here. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of times, because I know when, you know, growing up, I was very inquisitive and I still am. Yeah. I've learned to come back to that because before my you could say part of my trauma was when I asked the question, I was told a negative 
you know, oh, because I said so, or because that's what is said, or this is how it is. And I'm like, well, why? Yeah. And, you know, when you're young and you are inquisitive and you get shut down, that can hinder you from even recognizing asking the questions was a good thing it's just they made up something because they didn't know the answer so they just told you yeah. something different yeah or they don't like to be questioned so many adults don't like to be questioned they want their authority to be the final authority instead of sitting down and explaining or they're lazy they didn't want to have to explain something or they don't know the right answer or because they were just told because they said so right right so you know and recognizing that Mm-hmm. in itself is you're on your way <laughs> to discovering right because my my thing was i started asking one question and then it led to more questions yeah and it's like once you get like a piece of the information that you needed that answered that question it you automatically like well what about this yeah like okay i get this but what about that yeah and it just it's a it becomes a like an adventure and a journey, and I feel like I've done I've dug a, a, a rabbit hole, right? Journey, <laughs> you know, because it's not right. ongoing. Mm-hmm. There, it's limitless. Yeah. And I think it's okay to say I don't know. I don't know something. Like there are some answers I don't know yet, and so like I'll table it and come back. You know, mm-hmm. I'll be like, I'm gonna table this. I'm gonna research it. I'm gonna read about it. For me, you know, I'm a Christian, so I pray about things. So I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to come back to it. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to read about it. I'm going to do research about it because I don't assume that I know things that I don't know. Right. I don't know what I don't know. I think we had this conversation when we first talked. I don't know what I don't know. Um, So I come back to things, you know, and then I'll come back around to it. I'll ask experts about it. I'll read about it. I'll do these things. Um, but yeah, a lot of times it'll be like, okay, well, I know, I know about this. So now I know about this, which then leads me to this. And then it leads me to this. Um, but I don't ever, I, I, I don't respect people who, who go into something saying, I know 100% about this and I'm not going to listen to another perspective or I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to shut down somebody else about something. Like I always listen to all perspectives and I always respect all perspectives too. And I always respect all people you know, I will listen to anything and then I will respect all people in their perspectives. Um, doesn't mean that I agree with everybody. It doesn't mean that I agree with all perspectives, but I'll at least listen. And then I will, you know, if I don't know something, I'll table it and be like, Hey, I'm going to come back to this because I'm inquisitive and I don't want to leave anything on the table, not knowing. So I'm going to come back to it in a few months or in a few weeks or in a few days, you know? Well, that's part of what I think is, you know, evolution. You know, being able to change with what's changing, mm-hmm. you know, learning, mm-hmm. understanding of well, why is this happening this way now, you know, and it is a lot of times people don't, if, 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 is it safe to say that people don't want to change their thinking? That's even the biggest holdback. Yes. They keep themselves prisoners yeah. in a way. It's self-sabotage. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, what would you offer as advice with, you know, people that are dealing with those kind of people while they're on their transformation? It's, you know what I'm saying? That's very difficult. Yeah. When you're going through and you're starting to 
realize things and you're starting to set boundaries and whatnot. And you have this idea, well, it's like that. It's a little frustrating because you're on this and you're with somebody that's not even there. Right. I can't even understand. But then you're getting more ridicules, even judgment, criticism. Because yeah. you're deep down, you're you're going through a change. You're changing the way you think. You're how do you help your clients deal with that kind of? That is difficult. So what I always say is we can't control other people's behavior, unfortunately. I wish that we could. Um, so I always say make a list of things you can control and make a list of things you can't control. Um, and so just identify those things that you can control and focus on those things. And so identify those boundaries that you can stick to, identify those things that you know are yours to own, and identify those things you can't. One of my favorite um, lines are, not my circus, not my monkeys. And, um, and no is a complete sentence. And so sometimes I, I have to say, I, I don't have to explain myself to you. I'm just going to say no, you know, or um, I am just choosing to, you know, not have a relationship with this person right now, or I'm choosing to not give my full energy to this person, or I'm choosing to not explain all of myself to this person, right? Um, I can't, I tell my people, you know, you may just not be able to share yourself with them anymore. You may love them still, you may still respect them, you may still want to be in a relationship with them, but maybe that means you don't have intimate conversations with them anymore. Maybe that means that you don't share your heart with them anymore, which is almost, um, you have to go through a grieving process of losing that relationship, almost grieving someone who hasn't died um, because you are losing the friendship or relationship that you had with them that used to be there because they're just not going to support you in the way that you use that, that you want them to support you and that you need them to support you. Now, of course, I always advocate to have that conversation to say, this is the, the, the path that I'm taking and I need support from you in X, Y, and Z way. And if they are not able to give that to you, then you have to identify, I can't make them give that to me. And I can't force this. I can't force any kind of level of insight from them. I can't force any level of understanding so what I can do is say, this is my boundary. This is where I'm choosing to, um, what I'm choosing to share with them and what I'm choosing not to share with them. Because um, if you share too much with them and they crush that and it hurts you, then at some point you have to stop sharing it. At some point you just have to, to choose, I can't continue to share this with them and have it hurt me. So I have to stop sharing it. I have to grieve the loss of that. And I have to go find friends or family or, you know, because not family isn't always blood. No. You know? So I have to go find family or friends that are going to support me. And I have to just continue to move on with that. And sometimes it's it's like the end of a relationship because mm -hmm. you're you're growing and evolving and transforming your life. Yep. And some people are only in your life for a season. Absolutely. So I look at it that way, like, yeah. okay. But then when somebody does come into my life, I'm like, okay, what am I going to learn about myself being yeah. this person? And what can I do to help them learn from themselves? Absolutely. Sometimes it, you only get the, like the enlightenment of more about yourself being with a person than the other way around. Yeah. And that's okay. You just got to be okay with being okay that they're not going to go. Yeah, like they're they're not they're not wanting the insight. They don't want you know to change their lives, right. and that's the reality. And 
that's where they're at. And you just have to meet them where they are. Yeah. And if you can. But you have the right to say, I don't want that in my life or that's not something to do with. Yeah. And I got picky about who I get into my life now Mm because I don't want, I'm about positive energy. Mm -hmm. I love talking to people, picking their minds, how they think, where they came from and whatnot. But if I feel like a negative kind of vibe from somebody, I just have learned and discerned. You don't want them in your life. They'll drain your energy. Why would you want to be associated with someone that's going to drain your energy all the time? No, no. Yeah. And so you just have to come to that point where you're like, like you said, we learn from you can. I believe you can learn from every person that comes in your life. And so then you ask that question. What did I learn from that relationship? You know, they were in my life for a season and I, you know, I've seen um, there was a movie once that I saw that that likened it to a tree. You know, there are there are people that are your, you know, that are branches that snap off very quickly. Tyler Perry. You know, Tyler Perry. Yeah. yeah. So and then there's those people that are, that are more like, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, what is it? Yes. And then there's the people that are like the, you know, like the trunk that are there for quite some time, but they're not like there forever. And then there's those people that are the roots and those people are not going anywhere. And that's few and far between. And they're rare. They're a rarity. But those are the ones that you keep forever. And those are the ones that are like your ride or die, your very best friends. Those are the people that are there forever. And it's so true though. I mean, it really is. And so it's like, okay, I'm going to, to really reevaluate these things. And, um, you know, I mean, that's, that's all you can do. You can't lose your peace all of the time, you know, chasing that for other people. Right. And it just astounds me how people just stay in these mm-hmm. like toxic relationships and they don't, it's like, Hello. Yeah. Is there somebody inside there that mm-hmm. you're sitting here, you know, yeah. in a way complaining of what's missing in your life, what yeah. you don't like about your life, and you're with the person that's triggering all of this. All of these things. And you're, I'm like, you're the one that's yeah. attracted all this. And you stay. You know what's funny is I've stayed in my share of, of toxic romantic relationships, but I've also had my share of toxic friendships. And I remember um, a couple years ago, I finally, it was like a year and a half ago, I got out of a toxic friendship. And that was hard for me because friendships are, you know, one of those things where you're, why would you be in a friendship that, that is bad? You know what I'm saying? Like, what is like your friend is supposed to do nothing but uplift you. Right. And I remember that I had, um, gone into a, um, it was like a, a small bar with a girl that was supposed to be one of my best friends. And, and she was always kind of giving off these like jealous type of, of vibes. And she was supposed to be one of my best friends. And I've always been a, a bigger girl. I'm not a small, not a small girl by any means. Um, and she's small, she was tiny. And, um, but you know, we, we were hanging out, whatever. And this guy, we saw this guy on the other side of, of the bar and I, and he um, smiled at me and I smiled back at him, but she apparently liked him and um, I didn't say anything. And she, and uh, she said, I'm going to go, I'm going to go ask him out. And I was like, okay, but, you know, he's probably not my, my style anyway. Like whatever. I kind of let it go. And um, he comes up to, or he comes up to talk to us and she, she said, Hey, do you want to, you know, go out and, or do you want to grab a drink sometime? And he said, well, actually, I'd like to take your friend out and pointed to me. And she said, 
why? Like, I'm so much prettier than you, than her. And I'm, and I'm skinnier too. And he was like, first of all, I actually find her more physically attractive than you. And said, and second of all, your personality is terrible. Like, well, what kind of friend are you? And in that moment, I stopped and thought, why am I friends with you? Like, like, why am I friends with you? And so I stopped being friends with her after that. Like, I ended up having to say, like, obviously, this is not a good friendship. I would have completely just, you know, given that up and not had anything to do with that after that, um, because I'm just not that person. And like, I mean, if she would have said, hey, I prefer, you know, like, I am interested in him, like, I would have backed off. And that's just not who I am. Um, But I would never say something hateful or hurtful to my friend like that. And so to hear her say, you know, I'm skinnier and prettier. Why would you want to to take her out instead? And I didn't even think twice about it, honestly, until, you know, he was like, why would you want a friend like that? Um, made me that really- was a wake up call. Yes, it was a wake up call to make me realize she actually spoke like that to me pretty often. And so it really made me realize, why am I friends with someone who was constantly degrading me in that way? Um so yeah, I think we have to like really stop and realize like I had been so, I, I was so used to beating myself up that I was surrounding myself, like you said, attracting people who also was like, oh, this is the energy you put out and the things that you do, I'm going to do the same, right? To make myself feel better, which is crazy. And so I stopped that and would never allow that in my life now. Wow. But then it makes me question, like, why are you that way? Like what? What have you been like, what programmings do you have and beliefs that you have about yourself to even act this kind I of I had some pretty bad, some bad programs in my life at that point that, that had that had shaped me. I had some pretty pretty abusive relationships in my life that had put those things in my life that made me think that, you know, because I was because of my body, I was less than. You know, I have been through, I had been 300 pounds since high school. So because of my, my overweight, even though I had lost weight and gone back and forth between being, you know, smaller and being heavier and whatever, um, you know, it was, it was my body size that made me less than. And so your it was self-worth. Yeah. Your self-worth. It was my self-worth. And so, you know, being overweight, I was always the, you're, pr- you're pretty for your size. Right. And so it was constantly put into my mind of, you are the pretty fat girl. And so it was, you know, always in, in my head of that. And so it was, um, you know, I have to, I have to accept less than everyone else because I'm overweight. And so that was just a constant in my life of, you know, since I was, you know, eight or nine, I mean, uh, young, Wow. And so that's one of the reasons I chose to be a therapist. One of the reasons I chose to be a coach was because I was I was working overtime to try to overcompensate for the the hell that was going on in my mind. Wow. And to me, it's like that's like the what we call dealing with your demons. Mm-hmm. It is your mind. It's your ego. Mm-hmm. And I didn't find freedom from that until ten months ago. A year ago. Wow. I I just found freedom from that last December. And I'm just breaking out of that. 
So over the last, um, and I, and I'm just now like finding like physical freedom. I've just now like lost weight. So I've lost almost 60 pounds in the last four months. Um, you know, and that's because I've gotten rid of shame. Like I've gotten rid of shame of my, of myself and realized there's nothing to be ashamed of. I don't have to carry around that shame. Right. And Mm -hmm. I finally started, um, in the last year doing inner healing work and like, and, and, and realizing my worth. And so that's when I started switching over to coaching to say, like, I've gotten rid of these these demons and it's life changing. Um, and so, yeah, it's 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 been once you get journey. to the root, mm-hmm. it like changes like yep. and I got like goosebumps and it's just like I like my heart and my intention is that everyone experiences that because they will have. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And then you like later on, you'll think like, I can't believe I really thought that, you know, like, yeah. what was I thinking? I can't believe that I allowed people to treat me that way. I can't what? believe that I, you know, was okay with the way that I used to talk to myself. I can't believe that I, when I look back and, and look at the way that I used to let men treat me, when I look back and look at the way I used to let friends treat me, like all of those things, I just can't. You know, I, I just I can't wrap my right my it's mind. Like you can't go back. You're like, yeah, no, absolutely not. Yeah. So, but it's really getting to that to that root and uprooting it and just completely getting rid of it, which is a painful process, but it's a beautiful process. It's freedom. It is. It absolutely is. And so it's like I want everyone to feel that way. And so right now I'm I'm actually in the process of writing a book. And so I'm writing a book about getting rid of shame because I I just had carried around so much shame for so long that I was I was feeling so unseen that I remember I remember walking into I don't know if you are you familiar with the restaurant Quidoba? No, it's like a Chipotle. Um, I walked into a Quidoba one day and um, there was a man there um, and he like. I walked over to, uh, and he, he let me go into the, over to the, um, the Coke machine one time and was like, Hey, you can go first. And I, he, he just noticed me and I had tears in my eyes and I started crying because he, he let me go first. And I was like, you, you saw me and you're, you're letting me go first. And I literally like started crying and ran to my car and I don't even know why, but it like hit me that hard that he noticed me and saw me and allowed me to go first. And that's when I started really realizing that I felt so unseen and so unimportant that I I just didn't feel like I mattered in the world. Well, then that guy said to your friend that you're no longer friends with, he, he saw how pretty <laughs> and beautiful you were and your personality. You just smiled at him and that Right. And that gave off enough of a vibe for him to come over. He was like, I could just feel your energy in your, but I always shoved it down because I thought no one is going to want to get to know me in a 300 pound body, you know, and that's, that is what I would tell, you know, I would tell myself, it doesn't matter what my personality is because, but, but what I didn't realize is that the external was because of the pain I was carrying around 300 pounds Oh, pain. Because of pain. So let me, ask, let me ask you um, something. You know, it, that was pain of shame. Yeah. Have you recognized 
and, and was there a pattern in your ancestor, in your lineage, your family lineage about weight and, and shame and whatnot? Did you recognize those? Um, I mean, I haven't really done a lot. I know my, my grandpa was like 400 pounds. So I know that he had some, I know he had some stuff, but past that, I don't think so. I think he was the only one that I've been able to find. Um, but I don't, I, I don't really know. Um, other than that, I think it really was just me. I haven't really like, I, I, I know that my family has always had like some thyroid issues and stuff. But apart from that, I haven't really found anything else. My mom isn't overweight. My dad isn't overweight. Um, nobody else in my family is that I know of. Um, I think that I took on shame in that way because, well, first of all, I know that I, I had some like physical health issues as a kid, but I think that I turned to food because it was very comforting. Um, just at a young age and because I tended to be chunky from a young age anyway. Um, but I think that I, I just, I found comfort in food very young. And I mean, I'm sure that there probably is some, you know, maybe some lineage stuff. I don't know, but, um, I think that I, I just turned, I turned to food very young. I remember just being comforted by it, you know, at a, at a really young age and just feeling like this is, this is my comfort and this is where I turn to whenever I'm sad. So because I look at emotional energetic traumas because it can yeah. be passed down. It's not something that's hereditary. It's just that energy from that trauma. Yeah. Goes. Yeah, I'm not sure. Womb because whatever, you know, this is, you know, science can back me up on this. And yeah. uh, Braden talks about this. And I was like, when, when I first came to that revelation of, wait a minute, I was in my mother's womb. And if you go back into the 60s, you know, we were dealing with the Vietnam War. You know, there was a lot of, of other things going on that was bringing stress into my mother's life. And whatever she was going through and experiencing and feeling, so was I. Yeah. I was in her womb. Yeah. So then I'm like, well, she was in her mother's womb. And then my grandmother was in her mother's womb. Right. So how far back does this go? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I have I honestly haven't studied that enough to really know. I'm really not sure. Um it makes I sense because yeah, you're especially for you know me being a woman and me mm -hmm. being a mom. And you know, when you're pregnant, the doctor goes, avoid stress, avoid stress. Right. Because it does affect the development. Right. Yeah, I'm and not that sure. That just makes sense of why there's so many now younger generations that are the way they are. Because it, it it's that connection of mm -hmm. this is why. Yeah. Especially with anxiety and depression. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'll so definitely I, be studying more. I don't say anything's hereditary. I'm like, no, there's an emotional, energetic Right. But once you can get you to where it all began, it just, it's like, boom, it disappears. You no longer deal with it. Yeah. I'm not sure. I definitely need to read up on that. I have, I haven't studied that really at all. So I'm not sure. Oh, I've been studying it with Dr. Joe Dispenza, Bruce Lipton and Greg Braden. Wow. I call them the three musketeers. 
That's really interesting. Yeah, I haven't really, I haven't really studied that at all. And I don't really know much about the stress that, you know, my mom was under when she was pregnant. I know she was young, so I'm really not sure. But um, yeah, I don't really know. Because I, and I, I like a history. So I, I do the timelines of what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. I'm not sure. So, cause in, you know, the 1900s, you know, the Spanish influenza, you know, the recession, the big depression, you know, that affected a lot of our ancestors and then all that trauma energetically, because that, that's how it relates to love money. You know, and yeah, everything has energy. Yeah. And then it, it's the mindset and the belief on top of that. So interesting. It, it's fascinating. I discovered something and I went, oh my God, no wonder we are. No in the wonder shape. we are the way we are. Yeah. Yes. Wow. So it is. It is. It, it, it's mind blowing. Yeah. I'll definitely have to do some re research on that. It, 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 it's a rabbit hole. I'm going to tell you that much. because <laughs> It's a rabbit hole. Once you open it up, you can't close it back up. Yeah. Trying to find your ancestry DNA. Yeah, I, I want to I do that as well. Like do the DNA stuff because I really don't know much about any of that. Like where I come from as far as that stuff goes. So, Oh, my daughter did. And let me tell you something. She's mama dug, uh, dug a rabbit hole. I saw like my great grandfather uh pitcher come to find out his Faustino was his first name and I uh, he came from Italy Sicily Italy I mean my daughter on just my side she hasn't even touched her father's side yet wow <laughs> they were in the world war like my world war one how interesting it, it's like that's how you can connect the dots of connecting to the emotional energetic traumas by going back and then connecting where it affects you that is the mind-blowing right right wow and that's what i like to do as a coach because you have to connect history and science yeah with spirituality because to understand spirituality, you have to experience things to really get the understanding. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it, it, it's like, wow. It's like, crazy. I'm connecting the dots and I'm like, oh my God, this is, it makes sense. It all connects. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm like, come on, everybody. We got to get, become like Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys. Right, right. We're getting we're all discover together, yeah. new, a new mm -hmm. concept, a new perspective on how to look at, where you are and where you want to be right. you have to understand some things and yeah. i think we don't talk about history in the way it it could be better to get right. you know because they take 50 percent of the truth out yeah they just give you what they want you to know absolutely for sure and i'm so happy that you you discovered some amazing things of realizations mm -hmm. that's helping you so life you're going through a my life and in the way that i coach because now i can coach so much better and so much different and so much more effectively and that was the one little thing mm -hmm. that a, a stranger comes to say to you to have that light bulb moment just like that 
And, and that's what I call synchronicities. Mm -hmm. And a person will just come to give you a message and that is it. Yeah. But you recognize what that message was. Because right. then that's how you get that light bulb moment. And you ask yourself, why am I friends with you? Why am I friends with her? Yeah, I was like, I choose my friends. This isn't family. This isn't someone I have to be with. Why am I, why am I doing this? You know? Well, there's a belief of glutton for punishment. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess so. It's like, and because I just always, I was like, oh, that's just her. You know, that's just her personality. She's just like that, you know. Well, I wish her well and I hope and I wish that she would wake up one day to realize she's the one that's holding herself back of right. finding true happiness and mm -hmm. a good loving relationship. Right. And in any friendship, partnership, whatever. Right. And it's her own pain. And that's what I have to, I have to help people understand too. Like whenever people do that, it's your own, it's their own pain that they're projecting onto other people, you know, it's their own pain that they, they don't like themselves for whatever reason. And so they have to project that onto other people. Yeah. And, and then I discern that because, you know, like you said, we project ourselves. So when there's somebody with me, I ask that question. Is there something about myself that I'm projecting this or is this person actually projecting their stuff out onto me and right. have that discernment to know? Because a lot of times it's you're getting what you you believe and you're, what you're attracting and you don't right. realize it. So it's like, where do you, you know, find that discernment? Right. And you'll know if you are. And you're like, oh, I gotta change that. Yes. And for sometimes sure. it's uh no, it's them. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and I will for no reason, you're just being hateful, you know. And uh I've been now bold enough to say, you know what? When you can come to uh you know, a little bit down, or when you can talk to me as a you know an intellectual conversation with adult to adult then contact me right when you get over yourself contact me. contact me yeah you know i'm just gonna let you be when you come to you know grips on a few things here's what i can suggest da, 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 da. work on that and then call me back because <laughs> yeah. i don't have time to deal with that i really don't I'm like, when you get over yourself and you want to yeah. talk, call me. And I don't have the energy to give to you when you're just going to suck it out of me or you're going to be rude or hurtful or whatever. I just, I don't have time. Yeah. And, and it's a beautiful thing when you like, wow, I don't have to put up with this anymore. Mm -mm. And if you're saying those things to me, most likely you're saying worse things about me when I'm not there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, wait, if you could act like this in front of me, how are in you? In front of me, you're probably saying worse things when I'm not around, especially being a woman. Women tend to be catty, whatever. So, like, most likely you're probably saying worse things. And I just don't. I, I don't, don't get that. Why, though? Why are, is it society? Is it our upbringing of jealousy? I mean. I think it's just, it's like this upbringing. I think it's because we we have taken the wrong approach to, like, 
just I, I can win and you can win too. Like it's not everything has to be a competition. I can do well in my business. You can do well in your business. I can do well in my day. You can do well in your day. It's not a, a me versus you thing. I can be pretty and you can be pretty too, right? Like it's not a, you know, I have to be the prettiest one in the room and you do, you have to, you know what I'm saying? It's just a, like, I don't understand why we have to be in competition as women, but that is what we are taught almost like in society that, that we have oh, to be yeah. competition and it's just you it's have to be proper. you have to be this way and yes you know I saw this meme on Facebook the other day that said if I'm in the in the bathroom of a of a bar or restaurant that I'm going to be so you know the the women are going to be so nice and encouraging and uplifting but outside of the bar we're going to break each other apart and fight and hate each other and I'm like that's so true like if it's not you know if I don't happen to run into you at the stall and you're sad and whatever like other than that we tear each other apart. And it's like, why, why do we do that? Like let's encourage each other and love each other and uplift each other. There's, there's room for all of us to win. And I think if we are united as women and take the jealousy and competition and we connect in such a way and unite in such a way where we love and show compassion we are powerful. Absolutely. And there need there's got to be more women. Now I I see that that things are shifting energetically on the feminine side, so I'm like, yes, it's about time you, <laughs> you know. Yes, I agree. <laughs> and we got to women, come on. Let's heal our our shit, deal with our shit. Excuse my French, but I'm being blunt. It's time. Yeah. We got to come together because we are the ones that the nurturers, the loves. We are connected to why they call it Mother Earth. Yeah. And I believe we can do it. Because I don't think that, I mean, I've in some histories, I know there was women that are higher ups that have gone to war queens and i could go back in history there were certain females that used their power for wars and they were persuaded to war in order to conquer and divide but we have so evolved in has brought you know new things new ideas a new way of and we've contributed our part in our wars because if you understood about World War, I do believe it was two, women weren't working. No. They only went to work when the war happened to help with the war. To help, yeah. But as soon as the war was done, they went back home. Yeah. I did not even know that. I was like, wow, women didn't have voice. They didn't have voting rights. You know, so we have come a long way as women and we need to team up and work together. Yeah. No more, you know, this beating each other up with our words or secretly like, you know, wishing for each other to do poorly. Why? We could do so much more together, encouraging each other and wanting, you know, and actually helping each other than we can trying to to divide each other. Like it's. Yeah. Yep, I agree with you 100%. You but I think the energy thing matter because I have, like, in this last year, since I have started actually healing, 
I've started actually meeting women who want to see me do well and me see them do well. And it's mattered so much like the, the, um, what I'm putting out there. Right. And so I'm actually meeting women who are successful business owners who do well, who are, you know, who I don't see them wanting to compete with each other, who are, you know, like actually encouraging of one another and who are saying, Hey, Becca, how can I help you? How can I, you know, and me saying, how can I help you? How can I pray for you? How can I be there for you? And it's life changing versus, you know, I'm going to pull you down and I'm going to, you know, gossip about you and all this. And it's so, I mean, they're few and far between and, but I'm sure that they're not. I just have to, I just have to find them. Right. I just have to put myself out there more. Um, but it's just been, it's just been life-changing comparatively to when growing up, I feel like I've heard that every woman you meet is catty and that it's going to happen no matter what. And you should keep your circle small and you should only, you know, be friends with a few girls because they're all going to turn on you anyway. And that just, that programs us to think that all women are going to hate you. They're going to steal your man or they're jealous of you. And that's crazy. No need. It's crazy. It is. So wake up women. Wake Wake up women. Yes. (laughs) Encourage another woman. If you, uh, today, that is my challenge. If you're hearing this, encourage another woman, find another woman. I remember um, just recently, I try every day, no matter where I'm at to, find someone and encourage them. No matter where I am, if I'm at the restaurant, if I'm at a grocery store, I find someone and I say something positive to them. My love language is words of affirmation. It's my number one love language. And so that's what I try to do. And I remember um, a few months ago, I was at a drive-thru and I told, a, I told a woman, I just said, you have gorgeous eyes. And she, she was probably 21. She welled up it in tears. And she said, she said, no one has ever complimented me like, like that, just randomly not knowing me. And she said, you made my whole day. And I just thought, how are you so like dry? I just felt like it was a cactus who hadn't, you know, who hadn't been watered. Watered? I was like, how do you not have somebody complimenting you? And it just made me so sad that we don't give out those things to people that she was that moved by me saying, you have beautiful eyes that she welled up with tears and she was like, here, have a free cookie. Here, have a free coffee. Here, have all of these things because she was just so, she said, no, no strangers ever said anything that kind to me before. And, and, I, kindness. Yes. and I just thought that devastates me, you know, and I really try hard to, no matter where I'm at. Wow. I really love your sweater. Wow. You are so beautiful. Or I'll just walk up to someone and just be like, you know, you, you just have like a, an infectious smile. I just want to tell you that, you know, or like the way you carry yourself is really great. Or like, you know, I just, I love being around you. Like I'll just try to say those encouraging things because just watch the way that their whole energy shifts or the way that they just light up because you don't hear that enough. Right. So that is my challenge for the people that are listening today. Try to change someone's, you know, energy mindset, you know, the way that they feel about themselves in a less than 30 second way today, it makes a huge difference. It does. I, I do that too. I, I, and I'm like, there was this woman, she was so attractively beautiful. Like it just like took my breath away. I love it. And I went up to her and I'm like, I have to tell you, I don't know if anybody's told you this, but you are a very attractive, beautiful woman. <laughs> and uh-huh. It was, it, it's just a pleasure just to meet you. 
And she just like stopped in her track. She goes, wow, thank you. That just made my day. No one's ever said that to me. I'm like, well, there you go. I just did. And I hope more people do. Yeah. And she, she probably like ranted or raved about that. And that's the thing is that a lot of people probably think it, but never say it. And so it's like, wow, that makes a huge difference in how they feel. And it just, it, it just impacts so much. And so it's like, just think it, just say it, you know? Yeah. So yes, I agree. Challenge for women, say something positive to another woman. Yes. That's what I, I, I'm, and, uh, on another note, uh, if anybody wants to get a hold of Rebecca for coaching, her information's down below in the description notes. Yes. So go check her out. And I wish you the best of success, Rebecca. And I love how your name sounds, Rebecca, and it's pronounced <laughs> differently. Very unique. Um, Thanks for having me. I It, it was Truly a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. I wish you the best of success in your new book. Please let me know when you're about to publish it, and I'll have you back on the show so we can talk about it. Yes, can't wait. We got to get rid of this shame that we feel. Yes. Especially us women. It, it's sure. enough, enough of carrying that burden. We need to burn it. That's right. Get rid of it. <laughs> Burn that shame. We'll be free. Yes. <laughs> Thank you again, Rebecca. It was truly a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. There you go. What an amazing interview. And Rebecca, I mean, come on. A beautiful soul, a beautiful woman, and her own transformation just by one word. What about you? Go see her connect with her. If you want the coaching, she's there for you. And I look forward to her book coming out. That's going to be a healing in itself. Like I said, you never know who I'm going to have on my show. Stay tuned for Wake Up With KC. Do you agree that, you know, it's time that we all wake up and take responsibility, even for our ancestors that did not know any better? I've been waiting patiently to have this kind of conversation. <laughs>